If you don't have a Bible, will you raise your hand? I'm going to make sure you've got one because we're all going to read together. So if you um, need a Bible tonight, keep your hand up. They're going to come around and pass one to you. And if you brought one and, or if you want to get a little head start, we're going to be in the book of Luke chapter 8. Luke 8. Keep your hand up. It's coming. Thanks for the help, guys. And when someone has one of the, the uh, young adult Bibles, can you, when you get to Luke 8, can you tell me what page it's on so we can help other people as they're looking for it? Someone that has one of the, the, the young adult Bibles? Luke 8. What page? Anybody know? Page number... 812. If you have a Living Water Young Adult Bible, it's page 812. We'll be there in just a moment. We'll be there in just a moment. All right. How many of you um, would say that you've been in a legitimate storm before? Weather storm. Weather storm. Cool. Okay. So I want you to take yourself there for a moment. Remember some of the things that you felt, some of the things that you saw. I was, we were spending time uh, driving back with our Anthem students. My car, we, did, we played a game of 20 questions. And so half to, halfway or on our way there, we went through half the questions. On the way back, we all got to ask four questions. And we all had to answer whatever question we were asked. One of the questions Jeremiah asked, yeah, it was you asked about the storm and he said would you rather be stuck in a like whiteout blizzard or a like rainstorm like thunder and lightning something like that that was the question and I, be, I began to think about those about being in a storm uh, I, I got stuck one time my dad and I were, were deer hunting and uh, we were up high elevation and backwoods backcountry wasn't a lot of great road system and uh, I remember getting up up as high as you could possibly get on top of this backside of a mountain and we were deep in there we were seven eight miles deep way away from any main road and I remember getting up to this one point and we thought we were coming around a corner that there was another road that we thought would get us to where we wanted to be if we went down this other road well the weather was changing pretty pretty rapidly and although it wasn't snowing when we started it began to snow a little bit and uh, but it hadn't like really stuck on the ground yet so we were good to go but I remember getting up around this bend and seeing this other road and trying to pull our maps out because at the time we didn't have uh, the technology we've got now and it probably wouldn't have wouldn't have mattered anyway yeah, no onyx maps out there um, anybody that's a hunting guy in here know what I'm talking about moving on um, and we know cell service none of that stuff so we get up on this road and I'm, I'm telling my dad like this is the road we have to go on this is our only way out Otherwise, we're going to go four hours back the way we came, and we could cut it half the time if we go around this road because it cuts through this way. So we, we began to go, and as soon as we got to the start of it, we realized it was a um, like it was going down into like a pretty decent size like ravine, but we would quickly find out that it was like at the edge of a cliff. And so the road, as we started going, it just felt really skinny. And we'd been on a normal road for a while, and so we started going, but at the, the, the steepness that we were going down, it was, uh, with, the, with the snow falling, it was becoming um, more, we, we realized that there was no backing out of this, and there was no turning, because the right side of us was a sheer three, 400-foot cliff. Like, I mean, if you, you, could, you, would have, you would have lived for like a good three to four seconds, but then you would have, there was no way, like, you would, if we all got in the car, we would have been, like, having the best roller coaster moment of our life, and then it would have been over pretty quickly, uh, that kind of, that kind of edge, 
And we realized after we kept, you know, we got too far to go back, we realized like we weren't on an actual road. We were on like an ATV road. And my dad had a, a Toyota Tundra, uh, like big, thick Toyota Tundra. And so literally the, t- the tires of our car or of our truck were one of them were like leaning into the hillside and the other one was like half on the road still and half off because we were on an, a, a quad, an ATV road. It wasn't even a car road. <laughs> so that was, that was where we were. And then literally like to think that, we, I mean, we were, we were freaking out. There was lots of different words that we were using, like, like all kinds of different things. Like we love Jesus and like, but this was like, this is for real. Like we're going to die. We're stuck here. And then literally a whiteout happened. We're, we're, we're there. It had snowed a little bit and then it just was white. Snow was pounding us and the road was like piling up with snow and you couldn't see like anything. Our, the entire, it was just white. So we were just stuck in this storm, and we literally sat in the car together after we were, like, trying to, like, help each other guide, you know, down, like, you can't, you know, hug more of this, hug more of that, and I remember sitting in the car with my dad, and we literally looked at each other, and we're like, we need to, like, actually make sure we're saved, <laughs> like, we need to, like, 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 no joke, like, we literally, like, and I, I had been married, praise God, because I was always afraid, like, I, if I die before I get married, and I'm able to consummate my marriage, like, God, you, don't, don't, I had been married two years, so I was good there. I had that was my, but 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 we legitimately were sitting there, and it was a it was a salvation conversation. Like, are we actually saved? Let's just make sure we actually like pray right now. Like, Jesus, please forgive me again. You are my savior. We legitimately did that because we, the way we felt was like we we could die. This this. We're going to be stuck here, and we could slip at any second with where we were. And we, we prayed the sinner's prayer again together. No joke, you can ask him. That's what happened. The storm eventually lifted, and we, it took us the exact same amount of time, four, four hours. And we slowly, like inch by inch by inch, took the car down all the way until we got to the very bottom and were able to pull around and have a wider road. I don't know. I've never been that afraid in the middle of a storm in my entire life, and, and I didn't think my dad had either. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you've experienced a physical storm like that. But I know a lot of you in this season of your life or you've come through a season or you've experienced a storm like that, like metaphorically in your life, where everything around you seems to be coming uh, and closing on top of you and there's no way out. And where you've come from, you can't go back to. And where you were going, you can't see and you can't navigate. And it feels like the pressures of life and what's going on uh, either on the outside or within, uh, just a storm is just is happening. And uh, I, I, some of you were here last week, and I, I was I was open with you about a journey that I'd been on in this last week and in this last couple weeks, and um, and I just I'm continually, just God is continually doing something in me where, um, like I just don't I don't really fully understand it. But he keeps bringing me to these points in this season of my life where it, it feels storm-like. And it's not that anything bad is happening. It just feels like there's a lot going on around me that is p- pushing down and, and creating a feeling like I, I, I don't have a way out or, or a way through. And, uh, and as I tension myself with the perceived image of strength, because as a leader... I'm constantly met with that tension. I, I'm, I follow leaders who are strong. I, obviously, I mean, that's part of kind of where 
the natural human tendency is to go like, that person's strong, I want to be strong. They know what they're doing. They know where they're going. I want that. I want to know what I'm doing. I want to know where I'm going. I want to know how to get there. I want to know how to succeed. I want to know how to win. I don't, I don't like losing. I don't like being weak. And so as a leader, there's a natural tendency for me, to, a tension for me, to just want to fight to continue to present to whoever I have the opportunity to lead, to present a front of, I know what I'm doing. And I'm strong in doing it. And I have it together. Because I fought, that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I feel and I have walked in as somebody that I want to be like somebody who feels that. And yet I keep running into a problem. I just keep running into a reality. Um, and the reality is that my, my, my convictions uh, begin to, to, to wage war with each other. And the convictions are, yeah, that's what you, you want to do because that's what people follow, and yet that's not who you are right now. So are you going to get up there and pretend to be somebody you're not? Or are you going to allow this season and this, this storm or this pressure that is making you feel more weak and foolish or in, uh, inapt and un unable to do, are you going to let that be seen in front of the people that you're trying to be strong to lead? And so there's this, there's this dilemma internally for me. And, and I just keep hitting this lid where I have these plans. I have a sermon series. I have a where, this is where I want to go. I have these things I want to do. And I, and, and, and I believe that they are from the Lord. I don't think that they're, they're from me. It just, I just keep hitting this point where I keep, I keep realizing if I get up there tonight and try to do that, what I'm doing is I'm lying. And I'm pretending to be something that I'm not. And then my conviction is uh, I will not be that person. And so I'm in, I'm in this tension. So the Lord, through a couple different situations this week and then today, actually, took me to, to Luke chapter 8, verse 22. And I want to read it together. And I want to take a couple minutes and, and pray God speaks to you as we look at some things that Jesus shows us. And as we see him uh, and we see Jesus and what he can do, what he's capable of, that we get and challenge and encourage tonight with our lives. And maybe the storm that you might find yourself in. Maybe on the outside, everything around you is just, uh, it seems like it's coming down on you. Or maybe your storm is from within. Maybe, maybe everything on the outside for you is actually going pretty all right, but there's something going on on the inside of you, more of kind of like what we talked about last week, where there's something going on, there's a storm going on on the inside that's hard for you to understand and walk through. But I'm going to take a, a journey to, to Luke 8, 22, and we'll read it together. It'll be on the screen, and it'll be with you in your Bible as we read. Verse 22. One day, he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out, and as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and they woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said to them, where's your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled saying to one another, who then is this that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him? 
Jesus, speak to us right here, right now. Open our eyes to see you more clearly, to hear the truth more clearly in this moment for our lives. In your name we pray, amen. So a couple of things I want to pull from this and challenge you with tonight. I believe that God wants to speak to you. The first one is this. What we see here, and I believe for you, the storm is real. The storm is real. I think that sometimes we wrestle with what we're going through being valid. Is this actually something that's worth me saying is a big deal or not? I'll tell you what, I, I struggle with that because I'm around people all the time and I hear what they're going through. And so for me, I have this, this tendency to go, what I'm going through is nothing compared to what they're going through. So I'm not going to talk about what I'm going through because it pales in comparison to the storm that they're in. But I think sometimes the enemy can use that to keep you where you are. And what I need you to see here is that this, this moment that the disciples were in this boat with Jesus and the way that Luke describes what was, what was going on here in verse 23 is he says this, and they sailed and he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in danger. So it wasn't a metaphorical storm for them. It was real. The storm was real. They were really in danger. They were really potentially going to drown and die. It wasn't a perceived thing. It, was, it actually happened. And some of you just need to hear that, that what you're going through is real. And, and you might have been living in a, in, a, in a world where you got family or you got people in your life that, are, that have told you, like, you just need to get over it. You just need to. And, and, and I don't want to say this in a way to keep you stuck with where you are either because I think that there's, 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 there's a balance here. And I think people can... Can, can look for someone to validate their pain that they're in, and then they can stay in their pain. And I'm not trying to do that, but I also don't want you to live in this place where you're constantly going, what I'm going through isn't valid enough because when I look around me, people are experiencing something that you believe is greater than what you're experiencing. What you're experiencing is real. Your situation is real. How you're feeling is real. The storm is real. That's important because if you can't grapple with that reality, you cannot take steps forward into, into seeing the, the healing or just seeing the, what, what God can do. Because if you are in denial about the reality of your situation, you can never see progress or healing through it. You've got to be able to acknowledge, honestly, here's where I'm at. And for some of us, it's a pride issue. For some of us, it's an image issue that is, it's got the root of that, which is pride. I'm unwilling to let what I'm wrestling with or what's going on around me, I'm not, I'm not going to let anybody see or know that because I don't want to be perceived as somebody who is weak or somebody who doesn't have it all together or somebody who doesn't have it figured out. I'll tell you, as a, as a younger husband, I'll be married for seven years come October 19th. Come on, yeah. It's... <laughs> coming, coming after you, Scott. Amen, amen. 41 more to go. As a younger husband, I feel, this, I feel this a lot, this pressure for my wife to be strong and to carry my family to make sure that I'm a rock for her. And so my pride gets in the way a lot of the time of even letting her in to where I'm at. The storm is real. Something that we need to realize is they are experiencing a real actual storm with real actual danger is this reality that when, when, when we follow Jesus, as the disciples followed him into that boat to jump into that lake, 
when we follow Jesus, we are not guaranteed that we won't have any storm encounters. Like we aren't actually guaranteed, like when you follow Jesus, that you're going to have smooth sailing. What you're guaranteed is that he will be with you while you're sailing. That's what you're guaranteed. Sometimes I think we think, okay, I'm coming to church now, so my life is going to get put together a little bit better, and it's going to be a little bit smoother. Okay, I just repented now. I've been walking in sin, and now I'm going to be walking in the light, so now I'm going to start experiencing something maybe that is going to be easier than what I've been experiencing. No, it's not always the case. Following Jesus doesn't always guarantee smooth sailing, but it just guarantees he's going to be in the boat with you while you're sailing, which in reality is more important than smooth sailing. Jesus is with you. The storm is real. Number two, I want us to see here this observation, this truth, that the storm doesn't rattle Jesus. I was, I got back today from our anthem retreat, and I was exhausted physically, mentally, spiritually, and, um, and then I was like, I got a lot to do for tonight, for this weekend, and different things, and so, but it hit me like, I had to take a nap. <laughs> I'm so tired. I will literally be completely ineffective and a terrible human being to the people around me if I just try to keep staying awake right now and doing what needs to get done. And so my team was gracious, Sarah and Macaulay and Wes and our team were really gracious. And they're like, yep, just you know, close your door, turn off the lights, go lay down on your couch in your office and take a nap. And I, so I did. I tried, and I, I pretty much did. Um, <laughs> and as I was laying there, and it's, by the way, it's super vulnerable. Naps are vulnerable. I just feel like, I just feel like, Someone walks in and is like, where's, Pastor John walks in and he's like, where's Chase? And I'm like, uh, he's, he's, just taking, he's taking a nap. <laughs> like, ow, get out. I just feel super, it's like the most vulnerable, humbling thing. I, I'm going I'm to go take a nap, guys, sorry. As I was about to fall asleep, I don't know what it was. It probably was just the Holy Spirit. But I was wrestling with some of these thoughts about tonight and just where I'm at and where I'm feeling. And I just was reminded of this reality, like, God doesn't feel anxious. Like, God is not wrestling with anxiety. He's not rattled. Like, the God that I serve and I'm following and I'm building my life on does not experience anxiety in the least bit. The storm doesn't rattle Jesus. He was sleeping. And he would have stayed asleep had it not been for the disciples coming in to wake him up. Why does that matter to you? It matters to you because you, you need to know you have an absolute rock. That with whatever storm you're facing or experiencing, whether it's within or on the outside, that Jesus is not rattled by the storm that's happening in you or around you. He's not moved by those waves. He, he is not wrestling with the fear and the, and the anxiety that you are. That's good news for you. That's good news for me because it means that you eternally got a place to go and run back to and have a refuge and be protected and stand on a solid ground no matter what life throws at you and what you experience. Jesus isn't rattled by the storm. The storm doesn't rattle Jesus. They had to wake him up. He's not rattled by the storm happening in or around you. Third thing I want you to see is that when they finally wake Jesus up, he gets up and just instantly goes into boss mode. 
I love that about Jesus. It's like he just he just he wakes up and instantly knows who he is and what to do. I also love that about Jesus. He's never struggling with his identity. And that's good news for me. That I'm following and I'm building my life on somebody who doesn't ever struggle with who am I and what am I supposed to do? So that when I'm struggling with who am I and what am I supposed to do, I can run to the one that never has and never will struggle. Instantly goes into boss mode. And here's what, what I want you to see. Number three, that the storm gets rebuked. So they're in the storm. Jesus is asleep. He's not rattled by it. They go wake him up. He gets up, instantly goes into boss mode, and he rebukes the storm. Here's what's important for us to see. Jesus has the authority. So when you're in a storm, if you're in one right now, you may not always be able to carry the weight with the, the power to fix what's going on, but you know the one who can and does. Jesus rebukes the storm. Jesus is the one that has the authority to step into the situation and calm the raging sea around you, to calm the raging sea within you. Some of you need to hear this said tonight. You've got a raging storm going on within you. Anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. Like, do I matter? Do, do, does anybody care about me? Is, am I ever going to be loved? Am I ever going to be worthy? Am I ever going to get married? Am I ever going to walk in a career or, or the dream that I felt like I once had? What you, what you got to see, what you got to know is that, is that Jesus has the authority to speak to that raging, wild storm that's happening within you, even when you don't feel like you do. He does. Jesus rebukes the storm. And I love the question that he asked the disciples. Where is your faith? I don't think that was a call-out question, like a rebuke them question. Like, I'm going to rebuke this wave, and then I'm going to rebuke you. I don't think that's really what was going on here. I think the question poses Jesus when he asks questions like we, you know, when God asks a question, he's God. He knows what's up already. But when he asks more for the asking than it is for the asker, he's asking because he wants them to see and hear something. I think that question points to the reality that they had been putting their faith and their stock in what was going on around them. But he was reminding them and asking them, where is your faith? Because they need to be reminded that, that their faith, rather than being around them outside of their boat, that their faith needed to be what was going on inside their boat. Who was inside their boat? So the same question is being asked to you tonight. Where is your faith? In the midst of your storm, is it in the things around you getting fixed and situated and finally coming to a resolve? Or is it in the one that's in the boat with you? I'm going to invite the worship team up. I'm going to conclude here just here in a second. I want to finish with this last thought because I think some of us tonight, we are in a storm. Or we feel like we've got a storm within us. And when that's happening, even though Jesus responded with like a, what you should have maybe known a little bit better, like where's your faith? I still love that the disciples, they knew where to go. They knew what to do. They knew where to go when they were in the middle of that storm. They knew that their only shot out of there was to get Jesus. Some of you need to be reminded tonight, that's your only shot. Some of you are trying to fix your storm and, and, and solve where you're, where you're at. 
by, by adjusting all the stuff on the outside. And some of you need to take the actual disciples example here and you need to get down the bottom of the boat and you need to shake Jesus and say, God, I, I have to have you awake. I have to have you speaking to me. I have to have you moving. I have to have you doing something new in my life. I have to have a word from you. I have to have an encounter with your presence. Jesus, wake up. Jesus, do something in me. Jesus, come and do something right here, right now. Some of us need to get a, a, a picture of these disciples in a desperate situation and go, I have to have me some Jesus because I've been pulling on everything else around me and it isn't doing anything and my storm is continuing. The water is still filling this boat, but we need to get an encounter with Jesus. And some of us here tonight, that's exactly what you need. A fresh encounter with your Savior, a reminder that He is your rock. So Jesus calms the storm. And the disciples are afraid. They're blown away. They're in awe, the Bible says. And that's exactly how the Lord works. He puts us in this place where we watch Him do something Without the storm, they wouldn't have the same kind of story to tell. I, and then, so just to, to, to piece this thing together, there's two pieces how the Lord brought, brought tonight's word to you. Because this, this is the Lord's word to us tonight, how he's weaved it all together. It's been a journey throughout this week and throughout this day. I was sitting and having a conversation with a, a friend of mine this afternoon, and he was reminding me about, we were talking about this text. And he was, he was reminding me about this moment that he was going through something really difficult in his life. And he was about to walk into something that he had got himself into, and it was not going to be fun. And he was reminded of this truth and this power that, that, that the very beginning of this text, I want to bring you back to. Verse 22, one day he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, and this quotes Jesus, this is his words here, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So before the storm even comes, you've got a directive from Jesus. Really, what you've got is a promise. Jesus is already saying, we're going to get to the other side. Before the storm even comes, your God has spoken to you. I'm going to get us to the other side. So some of us need to see, God has already spoken to you. Or he's going to speak to you and remind you again tonight. And the storm that you're facing right now, you can face because Jesus is with you, and he's spoken already to say the promise. We're going to go to the other side. Let us go to the other side of this lake. There's a promise there that you need to be reminded about, that you need to see tonight, that God has for you to step into, that no matter what you're feeling and experiencing right now, Jesus is faithful to get you to the other side. We were praying pre-service prayer for tonight, and then Wesley came up and was just praying over me, and the Lord used him to just speak life over me and encourage me, challenge me. And he kept using this phrase, uh, the chase. God, thank you for what you're doing in chase. The chase that, that, that we're going to see through the other side of this thing is going to be a more Jesus-filled chase, a more Jesus-glorifying chase, a, a more faith-filled chase, that, the chase that's going to be through this season, that's going to be on the other side of this season. And I just was like, just struck. That, that the disciples that you got pre-storm were completely different than the disciples you got post-storm. The disciples that were on the other side of that lake were radically different than the disciples that were on before that front side of the lake. 
Some of you need to know part of the storm is that God's doing something that he can only do in the storm. An encounter with Jesus that he can only bring you with through the storm, through the uncertainty, through the fear, through the, through the anxiety and depression and all of the stuff that rages within you and around you. But the, but the you on the other side of the lake is going to be a more refined, powerful, unstoppable, Jesus-filled, Jesus-glorifying you than if you had stayed on the other side of the lake. Come on. Some of you need to hear. He's going to see you through. Jesus will see you through to the other side. And the person you're going to be on the other side of that lake is stronger, more filled with the Spirit of God, more ready to walk in the, the fulfillment, destiny, and purpose that God has for you. So do not fear. Do not give up. Do not lose heart. Do not lose hope. Jesus is in your boat. So I want to invite you tonight to have another encounter with him. Bow your heads if you would. Close your eyes. And I'm going to have these guys just kind of bring the lights down a little bit just to create a moment and an environment for you to just like just meet with Jesus, you know. Some of you are in the same kind of desperation as his disciples felt. Like, we're going to die. Jesus is our only way. Some of you just need to, need to, need to be reminded or maybe just come, come to that, that fact that, like, the storm you're in, Jesus is, is still with you. And I just want to give you a chance tonight just to respond. If you'd say, like, Chase, I'm in a storm right now. I'm experiencing something either within or on the outside that feels like it's, it's storm-like. And you know you need Jesus. And you've been trying other things to save you, trying other things to keep you afloat. But tonight, you know, like, man, God is calling my name, and I know I need Jesus, and I need to just run to him. I want to give you a chance just to respond. Like, it's just a moment with you and the Lord, but I want to, I want to give you a chance to just say, like, yep, that's me. And then we're going to worship together and have, have a chance for Jesus just to meet us right where we are and to recenter, re-put everything of, of our hope back into the place that it should be, and that's on our Savior. But if you're, that's you tonight, you're like, I'm in a storm, and I have been putting it on other things, and I know tonight I need to put it back on Jesus, the only one that can save me, the only one that can get me through to the other side. I'm going to pray for you. If that's you, will you lift up a hand so I can know who I'm praying for?